If those old associates walk away, let them go. But pastor, it's family. So is this. That's why the word brother and sisters is used so often. This is a family. Amen? It's the body of Christ. And God Almighty is referred to by Paul as Abba, Father. You reduce it right down to its very foundation. That is Daddy. God wants to be our Daddy. He is our Daddy. Let them go. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. We're going to try to wrap up a teaching that we began last week that deals with the subject of the enemies of revival. And we're asking, what is an enemy of a revival? What does that look like? Why is revival so necessary. And an enemy of revival is this. Watch this. Anything or anyone, anyone or anything that comes between the believer and the cross of Christ. It's just that simple. That's not a good thing. And as we look around our world today, our culture in particular, even right here in our neck of the woods, we see so many persons that have allowed other things to get between them and the cross of Christ, their relationship with Christ. Let's jump right on into that. I'm going to read uh, just one verse from our text passage, Philippians chapter 3. There's various uh, verses in that entire chapter, but I want to look at verse 18, and we're going to jump right on into this. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 18, and the record puts it this way, For, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears... Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I trust that's not you, but we're here to help you tonight. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for each one that has turned us on, whether they turned us on by a plan, routine, or if they just come across the channel by accident at this point, which we know is no accident at all. It's a divine appointment. And I pray that by your word, You'd speak to our hearts by your spirit. You would convince us of the truth of your word and help us to embrace it and to assimilate it into our lives and live it out in the days to come. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me encourage you to keep your Bibles handy. The verses will appear on the screen. There's a lot of them. I also encourage you to fill in the study notes. If you can write those out somewhere or another, I trust that would be helpful to you. God bless you. Hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. They're more interested in you following their prejudices, their preferences, and their bias than they are you seeking God's dream for your life. Listen, I'll go a step farther. There are some grandparents, 
grandpas and grandmas that would rather have you, and I'm speaking to the young people this morning, they would rather have you with them than have you involved in church ministry. There's some grandmas and grandpas like that. What's my point? Number five on your study notes. When sin is recognized and there is an effort to shun it, I'm talking about repentance. The old sin associates aren't going to like it. Your old friends aren't going to like it when you make a bold stand for Christ. You say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Some of your old relationships, they're not going to like that. Some of your families, they're not going to like that. Do you remember, I think I can tell this, Brother Foster told when he was here over Youth Awakening weekend. Here's a man that's very obvious that God's done a work in his life, amen? And he goes back and he talks to his family about his calling into ministry. And he's called aside, as I recall, by an uncle that says, you know, what's up with this? You're embarrassing the family. I cannot imagine such a thing. But you can believe, beloved, there are some malls and Pauls and some grandmas and grandpas that are not going to be real happy. There are some uh, aunts and uncles, some family members of yours that will not be very happy when you make the decision to shun that old sinful lifestyle, to get rid of those enemies in your life. That sounds excruciating, doesn't it? Can I tell you a story? Say yes. Right after I was converted... One of my best friends, whom shall remain nameless, but we to say we were like that was a masterpiece of understatement. We did everything together. Got in a lot of trouble together, way too much trouble. And my family had a reunion to go to, and I wanted him to go with me. Prior to these days, that would have been a, a no-brainer because I would have probably been at his house or he would have been at mine. So I called him up on the phone. I said, hey, dude, you want to go with us to this reunion? And here's what I hear. This was back during the days of telephones. You remember those? And he apparently just held the phone out like this and said, Mom, it's Terry. He wants me to go, and I don't want to go. Tell me I can't go. I heard that. What do you think that did to a 15-year-old when he heard that? It was tough. Sounds excruciating, doesn't it? And it was. I've been there, done that, and I'm not trying to minimize that. In fact, just the opposite. But here's what I want you to understand, church. Are you looking at a happy boy this morning? Terry's a happy boy. He's not the smartest fellow in the world, but he's happy. He's a happy boy. Beloved, listen. It's a pretty good trade-off. It's a pretty good trade-off. We reject what we cannot keep in order to receive what we cannot lose. None of us can keep this present life with all of its trappings. I know you find that hard to believe, but apart from Jesus Christ, you will never get out of this world alive. Leaving this world with Christ means that you will never die. It's what Jesus taught. 
Hanging on to the material things of this world will never satisfy the inner craving of your spirit man or spirit woman. I'm touching a nerve right here with somebody. This is the thing that really drove me to Christ because I began to realize that all of that stuff that the broad road was saying, Terry, you got to do this. Man, this is awesome. And I was right in the middle of it, feeling as empty as last year's bird's nest. Like something's not right about this. Hanging on to material things of this world will never satisfy that inner craving of your spirit man or woman. But beloved, reaching for Christ and God's eternal heaven will bring to your soul a rest, to your soulless realm, a rest that will satisfy not only for the present existence, but forever and forever and forever, even beyond this life. So you see, it's not much of a trade-off, is it? So when those old associates walk away, let them go. Let me do that again. I just told you my story. I've been there, done that, had to do it. I'm not trying to coerce you into doing anything that I have not experienced. If those old associates walk away, let them go. But pastor, it's family. So is this. That's why the word brother and sisters is used so often. This is a family. Amen? It's the body of Christ. And God Almighty is referred to by Paul as Abba, Father. You reduce it right down to its very foundation. That is Daddy. God wants to be our Daddy. He is our Daddy. Let them go. I'm telling you what I know. God will replace it with something better. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Is he actually turning in the Word I actually am. I want you to see this. Hot off the press. You said that mark is not on our study notes. I know it's not. It was on my notes and I took it out. I didn't know where it was going to come back in. Well, here it is. Mark chapter 10. Jesus has just said to the rich young ruler to leave everything and follow him. That's the context of what's going on here. Leave everything and follow him. Uh, do we have to do that? Listen to me. Yes. Yes. Literally? Well, that's between you and the Lord. Yes. Take up your cross daily, an instrument of crucifixion, and follow Jesus. The answer is yes. Now, you, you can chew on that, but listen to this. Uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse number 29. I tell you the opinion. What's it say? And it says, what color? If you have one of these red Bibles, it's in red letters. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one. Let's park right there just a second. Man, alive. I love it when I'm reading the Bible and it says no one or everyone. Or if you get the uh, new southern version, all y'all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm still writing that one. No one who has left home or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields, representing your career, 
your, that was an agricultural uh, culture then, or fields, for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Look at this. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Did he leave something out? Did he leave something out of that list? No, 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 I didn't. I hadn't got there yet. Did he leave? He said if you leave uh, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, fields for me. And then we get down here, he says in parentheses, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Did he leave something out? Say it again. Why did he leave that out? Are you listening to me? Why did he leave fathers out right there? I just told you a few moments ago on that little parenthetical rant. God becomes our father. God becomes our father. Does that make sense to you at all? He said, you lead these things, I'm going to give it back to you in ways that you can't imagine, and I will be your father. I'm telling you, beloved, that's something that carowinds can't even guarantee right there. As much fun as that is. I must hasten. Where did I get to? Spiritually speaking, what is an enemy to revival in your life? What would keep you from a right relationship with God? What would influence you to yield less of yourself to God? I believe Paul defines it. And stick with me right here. This, this will go pretty quick. But I want to go back to our text. Paul defines for us that which serves as an enemy to revival in our life. He says in verse 18, For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again. In other words, he's repeating himself. Even with tears, he was emotional about this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Is that true? Yes, it is. Here's the answer to the question, what is a spiritual enemy? What does your spiritual enemy look like? Number six on your study notes. You can fill this in. You can put your notes away, but don't, don't quit listening. A spiritual enemy is anything, anything, or anyone that positions itself between you and the cross of Jesus Christ. Or is allowed to come between you and the cross of Jesus Christ. And allowed is probably the optimum term there. How many of you know that because of the cross we have salvation? The cross brings salvation. Jesus' blood was shed there. It was the cross that brings salvation. And as we alluded to just a few moments ago, the cross also represents our own death to the world, and that must be complete. If I understand loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I think that I do, it means, beloved, that that must be complete. Now, let me reiterate to you and put a little period on what I said a few moments ago. We do leave these things. We do give up these things. We do give up all. But God says, once you do that, then I'll put some better things back in your life to replace those things. And we'll begin to work with you accordingly. Does that make sense to you? I trust it does. Paul fleshes this out in verse 19 of Philippians 3. 
And he actually begins with the end and he backs up. This is kind of incredible. He helps us to realize the cause that leads to a dreadful end. And I want to do it this way, if you please. Paul says their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. I want to give you that kind of in reverse order to help you understand what's going on. The enemy of the cross of Christ has their mind set on earthly things. If you have your mind set on earthly things, you're an enemy of the cross of Christ. Make sense? Such one actually considers their shame or their shamefully sinful way to be their glorifying trademark. What in the world are you saying, Pastor Terry? Another way of saying that is that they live like a spiritual dingbat and they're proud of it. Their God, little g, is the seat of their emotions. They worship their stomach. They worship their appetites. They worship their fleshly emotions. When you do that, will you note the end? Their destiny is destruction. That's not a good thing. God has something better than that for you. Let me ask you this morning. I'm going to wrap it up here. I may give you a couple more bullet points, but listen to this. What is your mind focused upon? What is your mind focused upon? You mean now, Pastor Terry? Well, we'll start there, yeah. And then just in an overarching way, your life. What is your life focused upon? Is God's glory and honor your focus? Is it? Do you live your life in such a way as you let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify Him? That says something about your heart attitude. Do you live your life in a way to, to glorify God or is your focus on your own glory? Look at me. You know, I asked you earlier about those cell phones. I've got one laying down there somewhere or another. They should call those me phones. Am I right? Two words, social media. If you take me out of that, you don't have a whole lot left, do you? Really? Selfies? You know, back in the can I can I wax back in the day for just a minute? There was a word for people that would walk around showing other people pictures of themselves when I was in high school. Conceited. Now, look at me, my, a glam shot. <laughs> I'm working on a glam shot. It'd be a shame to have a bod like this and not post it for the whole world to see. Can I get an amen right there? I think I heard an old me somewhere. Do you, listen to me. Do you crave God from your innermost being? Or do your innards scream out or long for something or someone else. This is the old, old message that the holiness camp meeting preachers preached back in the day. The choice is simple. God or self. A spirit-filled, spirit-led life or self. What about you? I have found it to be true that most of the time we want to accuse 
some thing or we want to accuse someone else as our enemy when the truth is quite often we are our own enemy because we won't give that little thing we won't give ourselves to God and that little thing that self wants beloved from the immortal words of Pogo the possum <laughs> we have met the enemy and he is us amen let me give you this maybe I'll flesh it out in two weeks there's some closing thoughts regarding actions that will impede, stymie, and destroy revival in your life. There's about six of them. Doubt. Personal doubt. Some of you probably have dealt with that this week. The second one is bad company. Doubt and bad company. Bad company will fuel your doubt. Are you listening to me? That broad road will fuel your doubt. A lack of word intake. Doubt and bad company will encroach on your word intake. A lack of prayer. Bad company will encroach upon your word intake and your prayer life. Be encouraged to develop a prayer life, even if it, especially if it takes some time, and to develop a uh, study, a disciplined study of the Word of God. An enemy of revival in your life is worldliness, chasing after the things of this world, and then laziness. Let me conclude with this verse from Proverbs 6. We're told, go to the ant, O sluggard. I love <laughs> sluggard. You sluggard. Sounds nasty, doesn't it? Go to the ant, O sluggard. Lazy ones, lazy bones. Consider her ways and be wise. You want some wisdom? Study the ant. Why? Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Can I encourage you to set some disciplined boundaries and goals for your life. Start with communicating with the Father and prayer and reading and studying the Word open before that prayer time. Step away from the things of this world, even if it means leaving some old relationships. It will be worth it. Don't let them drag you down. And believe you me, there will come a time when you can reach back to old relationships and truly be a witness to them. Most of the time, that's not in the very beginning. Just saying. Will you stand up with me? I'm going to ask Zach if he'd make his way to the guitar and strum lightly. Hey, was that time here a couple of weeks ago when people were just on the floor before the Lord? Was that a moving experience? You want to see some more of that? I have tried to help you understand this morning how you get more of that. You get rid of the enemies of revival. God will continue to move in your life. And there's a ripple effect to that. Beloved, that's going to wrap it up for this particular teaching. And let me reiterate to you before we go off tonight, just this very simple question. What are you focused 
upon. Spiritually speaking, what are you focused upon? The things of this world, your flesh, your eyes, the pride of life, or the things of God, which begin, for us, begin with the Word of God, the Bible. Are there, have you allowed some things to come into your life that have served as a, uh, an opponent, an enemy of revival in your life, an enemy of spiritual things? You know, we talked uh, at the closing about personal doubt. So many doubt their salvation primarily because they don't know what the Word of God says. And I encourage you to dig into that and know what it says so that you can have confidence about your personal salvation. Also, personal doubt and uh, bad company we mentioned toward the end of the message. Bad company and combined with doubt, personal doubts can lead to a distraction when it comes to getting into the Word. Bad company will pull you away from the Word. And in fact, if you're being pulled away from the Word, perhaps you need to take a look at the company you're keeping. One of the reasons why I encourage folks, one of the primary reasons why I encourage folks to be involved in a local church, is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25, where we are told not to forsake the assembling together and the primary reason that's cited there is so that we can encourage one another. When you hang around people, like-minded people, who read and study the Word of God and they have a prayer life, a devotional life, beloved, those people can pick you up in terms of spiritual things and help you with personal doubt and certainly serve as a catalyst to propel you toward the things of God. They'll encourage you to get into the Word. They'll encourage you to spend some time in prayer even as they do. So I want to encourage you, find that group of people. We live in a day and age where the church has just, people cast so many aspersions against the church. Even this past week, I was tempted, uh, read a certain Facebook entry, and most of you know that I have a Yeti time, a devotional time that uh, we convene on Facebook three days a week. So somebody posted this week, and they were just poo-pooing the church, if you'll pardon that expression, and basically judging the church for being a judge. <laughs> I found that kind of interesting that they were doing the very thing that they were uh, accusing the church of. That's usually the way that goes. Listen, you do need the body of Christ, the church. Are there some bad apples uh, hanging around the church. And here's a little known fact. Everybody that attends church is not a born-again believer. Going to church doesn't make you a born-again believer any more than going to McDonald's makes you a big boy, a Big Mac, as the case might be. No. So there, there's some of that that you have to deal with. You need to understand the dynamics of what the church is. It's a group of persons that are called out and called forth from among those who are not walking where they need to walk with the Lord. That's part of the purpose and dynamic of the church. Let me encourage you to discover the real body of Christ where the Word of God is held in high esteem and people know their limitations and yet they keep trying, keep digging, and encourage others to do the same. New Life Community Church has a regular schedule of activities where we engage these events, if you please. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family. And it is a great time 
of fellowship. You hear a lot of laughter around New Life Sunday morning and Wednesday night. We just happen to believe that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We'd encourage you to come out and be a part of any and all of those services. I've got to get out of here. I pray that you will be about God's business this coming week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?